Today on Bridges. Work is God's idea and that he accomplishes great things in our lives if we understand that work is a matter of stewardship and a matter of responsibility. Well, today on Bridges, we are going to talk about how work is God's idea. And you know, there are all kinds of thoughts and theories, even songs about work. Uh, but really, at its core, work is God's idea. It is absolutely not a part of the curse, but work is a gift of God to us. And so we're going to take a look at the biblical example of what work is, how the Bible talks about it. And we will also hear from someone today who's had not one uh, job in a year, not two, not three, not four, but at her height of whatever, she had 11 jobs in one year because it was just such a hard thing. So how many of you here are wondering who that person might be who's had 11 jobs in one year? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of jobs. That's me. <laughs> that was me the first year that I got out of college. You all, everybody was so concerned and so worried about me that I might not ever be able to hold down a job. So the good news is there is hope. Um, the problem was that I needed some maturing, and I also needed to understand what God's Word says about work. And I want to say this as we open up this conversation is that we're not talking about work like as a 40-hour-a-week job. It's kind of that's how Americans think of work. Work is God's idea. I mean, God put Adam to work right away. Work is about responsibility and having tasks and doing things to care for our families from our homes. So work can be staying at home with children. Work can be in a retirement season, you know, doing missions, volunteering at work. Work can take all different shapes and sizes, but work is God's idea. So let's look first at Genesis 2 and verse 15. It says there, the Lord placed the man, that's Adam, in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. So we have to understand that from the beginning, this is before the fall, work is God's idea. We as human beings were created with the need for purpose, with the need for structure, with the need for something to do, for something to be in charge of, responsibility and that structure are good for us as people. And so when we understand that, you know, work is not a part of the curse, but that work is God's gift to us, that work, God knows that we need that work, then we can really begin to understand work in a different form and understand that we can bring glory to God on our job, even if we don't love that job, that there are many different things that we can learn and how we can grow from all of these different situations. So I mentioned to you all that my first year out of college, I had 11 jobs. So let's just say that the W-2 and the tax filing that year was a really heavy situation. And here is just in short scenario, the crux of the problem. I was a Christian. I was a spirit-filled Christian. When I was in high school, shortly after I got saved, I really thought that God spoke to me and said that I should study broadcast and television and that that would be the route that I would go. You know, I was about 14 or 15 then, and I think that I just thought that, you know, I was going to be a news reporter or an anchor. I didn't know anything about Christian TV or any of that. 
So I, you know, I went on to college and I graduated. And when it came time, you know, to put out the resume and the demo reel, I had enough sense in my brain and heart to pray over it. And when I did, I really felt like God said to me, no, that don't do that. So it was concerning. And I knew that it would be extremely weird and disappointing to my parents, you know, because I was like the first person in our family uh, to go to college and all of that good stuff. And, and I knew that they wouldn't understand. And they thought I was a little bit crazy anyway. I mean, because after I became a Christian, you know, I just was like reading the Bible all the time and talking about Jesus. And, you know, I kind of went from one extreme to the other. And it was kind of weird. And so I was disappointed to tell my parents there. But here's where I went wrong with that. I didn't pray any further. Like, I just got the no, and I thought, okay, so TV's not it, so I just need to get a bunch of resumes out there, and I just need to find some work. So that's what I did. I found a lot of it in 11 different jobs. <laughs> I talked to a lot of people. I interviewed, and every time somebody offered me a job, I took it because that's what I thought I should do. And some of these jobs um, were weird. Some of them were perfectly fine. I was the problem. And so I want us to, to talk a little bit about this. Work is part of God's plan for our lives. At all ages, all seasons, there's always something for us to do. But work is not our identity. Come on now. And when I got these jobs, I was thinking like, well, you know, I'm disappointing everybody. This is not what I thought it was. Like I was putting way much into that instead of looking at it that, this is a way for me to provide for my needs. This is a way for me to learn how to mature, how to do tests. I wasn't thinking any of that. I was thinking about what does this look like to other people and trying to find a way to spin that job so that it looked like more than it was. So I was immature. And perhaps some of you that are watching, you have children that are immature or you're facing this because I've met people, you know, that are older than I was at the time, older than 21, and they still haven't learned that lesson. They just kind of go from job to job to job, thinking that perfection is out there some way, somewhere. But work is also, it's not, you know, it's not our value. If we're working at a job or we're doing something like that, that is not our value. If you're a stay-at-home mom, that is a blessing to be able to raise children. The value is not always in the paycheck or what people ascribe to it. So we don't go out and do work to get value as a person. We have value because we are made in the image of God. And no one can take that value regardless of what our work looks like. There are many people, because we live in a youth-obsessed culture, that as people get older, if they're in retirement, people feel that they don't have value or that there's nothing to contribute. Well, that's a lie. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And we as believers need to not support that lie. There is work for every age and every stage. It could be volunteering at a church a missions thing. It could be mentoring somebody that's younger than us, that's out in the workforce that really needs our experience and our prayers. And also, work is not meant to be the center of our lives. Christ is the center of our lives. And so if we're going to really appreciate work as the gift that God gave to us, we've got to understand that work was a part of life before the curse, 
that God gave Adam something to do. He gave him responsibility. He made him a steward and that we are all stewards of our lives. We are all stewards of our time and that for whatever age or whatever season, we're responsible to do what's in front of us for that season. And there may be a season in our lives that we need, just need a job for some income. Does that make sense? That's right. And there's nothing to be ashamed of with that. You know, if you're a clerk somewhere or you're a server, praise God that there's a job and some money. If our identity's not all wrapped up in it and our value's not all wrapped up in it, hey, there are some times we just need to put food on the table. Some people say, well, you know, you need to work someplace that celebrates you. I say, if you can find a place like that, glory, hallelujah, get that job, stay there. But I read the Bible that tells me this. It says that Jesus got persecuted. When he was even serving in the ministry, there were people that looked at him and said, well, who are you? I mean, aren't you, aren't you a carpenter's son? Isn't that your mom? So people didn't ascribe to him all kinds of value. And he did what the Father called him to do. So you all, we got to get out of this worldly thing. And we also dare I say, in Christendom. <laughs> People are not more elevated because they work in ministry as opposed to a mainstream job. Right. Work is work. Right. We are holy because God is holy. Yeah. So whatever we do in our work, mm -hmm. provided that it is not illegal or immoral, it is holy <laughs> because we are holy. We are taking his presence with us. So I want to defeat that lie right now that there are differences between ministry and mainstream. There are not. God was no more holy when he was making Adam than when he called forth the light in the darkness. He's a holy God because he's a holy God. So therefore, everything that he did was holy. So when we walk into our place of employment, we are holy because he is holy. We are taking his presence with us, and he is much, as much present with us as when we are making widgets mm -hmm. as when we are putting together sermons. Mm -hmm. There are just different tasks and different seasons. And if yeah. we can get that straight, right. it makes work that much easier. If we are expecting to be celebrated every day, and please write in and let me know where that place is. We'll all put in our applications, too. <laughs> And that everything is in the area of our giftedness and our talent. It's great when it can be. But you all, sometimes it's just not that way. Sometimes God puts us in a season where what we're doing is just a matter of being responsible, mature, and being a good steward. And when I say it's just a matter of, I shouldn't have said it like that, it's important that we respond to those seasons with grace. Because sometimes that's how God grows us up and works in our character. And I know that that year that I had those 11 jobs and I had all of that, those problems and my family was worried about me and my husband, you know, he sat me down because we got married right after college and he said, you know, if you're not going to keep those jobs, don't keep doing that. I was so immature, you guys. Sometimes I went home at lunch and just never went back. <laughs> I needed to grow up, and God knew that. 
I needed to understand that, you know, just because you get all A's in school or this or that, that, you know, you still have to go to work and work. And I'm not going to like every task that I have to do. That's why they call it work. But that work is God's idea and that he accomplishes great things in our lives if we understand that work is a matter of stewardship and a matter of responsibility. And sometimes work is that job that we can really use our gifts and talents. And sometimes work is where God just really matures us and where we get to put groceries on the table. And I don't know about you, but you know, when I'm hungry, groceries on the table is a really good thing, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I walk to check out, right, to get the groceries, I'm so happy I can pull out that debit card and yeah, it's good. It's a good feeling to be able to pay bills, to be able to provide for family, and work is a means to do that. And then we understand that work is for everyone, all ages, all seasons. The word retirement is not in the Bible. It's just that work at different ages and different seasons may look different. Here's what they say. Uh, Paul said in 2 Thessalonians 3, I'll read verses 10 through 12. He says, even while we were with you, we gave you this command. Those unwilling to work will not get to eat. Yet we hear that some of you are living idle lives, refusing to work and meddling in other people's business. We command such people and urge them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and work to earn their own living. So the concept here is that if you want to eat, that we need to work, that we need to do something, that we need to be willing to provide. And I want to point out as I read that scripture is that that scripture is not referring to somebody who is looking for a job actively that is, uh, you know, underemployed or, um, you know, there are seasons that that happen. And in those seasons, the Bible says that we bear one another's burdens and that we help. If a person is doing everything that they can to work and earn a living, and maybe they've had a, a medical situation or, you know, whatever, then if we have uh, finances that we can share with them, or as my grandmother would say, if you have a little extra, then we should share. God means for us to do that. What he doesn't mean is that if a person refuses to work, like they're able-bodied, they could go get a job, but rather than looking for a job, you ever met those kind of people, like they're waiting for the perfect job just to drop from heaven. Well, you all, there are no perfect jobs that drop from heaven, right? We look at our skill set. We get a good resume together or we fill out applications, you know, however we do it. But we go and we look for a way to provide for ourselves and to provide for our family's need. And so scripture does not call us to financially support people who refuse to work. But if it's a temporary or it's a situation beyond their control, by all means, if we have extra, we should share with them. That's a good thing to do. That's part of what we do. The Bible says whenever we can, we should do good to others, especially those in the household of faith. So work is something that's for everybody, and work builds character. Work gives us structure. Have you ever thought about Jesus being a carpenter? I mean, God could have done anything in Jesus' life. I mean, it wouldn't have been necessary. Jesus is the Word, right? 
Why? Why the carpenter? We don't hear much about those years in the Bible. Why? Why that? Because Jesus is the perfect advocate, our elder brother. He knows he was tempted at all points. He went through everything so that he could be relatable and so that he could understand what we're going through. And so he worked as a carpenter. This means that he had to work those skills. It's not easy to be a carpenter. Just ask me to try to cut something. Sometimes I just try to hang curtains at the house and, you know, one side's up there and the... It's not beautiful. I watch HGTV and I watch some of those uh, DIY, is that it, DIY things? My projects never turn out like theirs. They're like, oh yes, it's beautiful. They show the camera, I do it. You got grout sticking out over here. Curtains are crooked. Those are skills and Jesus had to work. He had to refine. He had to practice those skills. So if he had to do that, that's what we have to do. Some people just, you know, want to go out and make a lot of money and have a great job and praise the Lord. That is a noble goal. But work is work, right? We have to become good at something. We have to be diligent. We have to be willing to be corrected or redirected, right? And so the Bible teaches us this so that we can become better people, better servants, And, you know, work can sometimes be a mission field. We can share Christ with people because we're with people who don't know Christ. We can be a light. We can be a witness. Now, I will say this. As a Christian believer, if you are in the mainstream marketplace, make sure that during your employer's hours or whatever that is, that you work diligently. It's not that we get that job and then we just read the Bible all day long and share Christ. We do that after work. We do that on lunch break. We take somebody out to coffee on our own time and buy their coffee and say, you know, let let me tell you why I have hope inside of me. Let me tell you about the crisis I went through and how Christ helped. As believers, when we are in the workplace, we need to be diligent and good at what we do. And then the Bible teaches us to work like God is our boss. And I know that this is especially challenging if you don't like your boss. But let's say this, okay? A boss is a boss. A boss doesn't have to be our best friend. We don't have to agree with everything that they say or do, but we do have to respect. And we do have to, unless what we're being asked to do is illegal or immoral, We need to do what we're being asked to do. And if any point in time, if we decide, you know what, I just don't want to do what they're asking me to do, then we need to sweetly leave and get some other work. We don't get to sit there and just keep complaining. We don't just get to sit there and be a problem to the environment. So we have a responsibility in this work. And if we have situations where we feel like, you know, we're not being treated properly or not being treated fairly, There are ways the Bible teaches us how to handle all of that as well. You know, so we can open up that conversation if there's something that's legitimate and have that conversation and come ready with a solution on what if we did it this way or whatever. But work is God's idea. 
And through work, God builds our character. He builds our skill set. He helps us to grow in confidence that we can interact with this world, that we can provide for our families. And you all, it also gives us something to do. Because, you know, I don't know. Like sometimes I'll think, oh, it would be so good to have a few days off. And, you know, the first day off, that is really awesome, right? Too many days off. I start shopping. <laughs> Too much shopping. <laughs> not good, especially when you're not working. But we're meant to have that structure. Here's what Colossians 3, starting in verse 23, talks about in terms of work like God is your boss. Work willingly at whatever you do. You all, that could be a whole sermon for so many people. Then it goes on to say, as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. So let's look at that first part. Work willingly at whatever you do. Over the holidays, I was at a department store and a woman was helping me out. And I'm a, she had such a bad attitude about being at work. And she was so mad because the lines were so long. And she was mad because, like, you know how people want their coupons and stuff? Like, well, do I get the money off on this? Do I get the money? And her face was just so mad. And, um, oh, goodness. And the line was so long. And it took forever to be able to check out. And when it came my turn to walk up there, she looked at me and she said, you know, my leg is hurting. And I said, I'm, I'm sorry about that. What is your first name? And I'll say a prayer for you. Then she said, oh, praise the Lord. And it's like, oh. This is so good. So I prayed for her, and I've, you know, I prayed for her. The thing is, she wasn't working willingly at what she was doing. She, I realized she had a physical problem. It's the holidays. But you all, if you're going to say praise the Lord and amen and do all of that at work, be nice to people. Show the love of Christ. Really not any good to put the bumper sticker, the fish bumper sticker on the car if you're going to cut people off and flip them off. Like, it's not helpful. It's not helpful to our cause. And Jesus doesn't need us to defend him. He's Jesus all the time. But we, if we're going to tell people that we're Christian, we need to act like one. And when we don't, because that will happen, when we don't, we need to go to people and say, you know what, that, that wasn't my proudest moment. That wasn't my finest hour. You all, I've had to do that working here. You know, if, if you're working a full-time job, it's a lot of hours in all kinds of different circumstances. And nobody but Jesus gets it right 100% of the time. So don't be afraid or be timid to say, I'm sorry, I got that wrong. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. People will respect you for doing that. But not only that, it's honoring to God when we make things right. And then 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 31, I'll read that out of the New Living Translation. It says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. So think about that, you all. What if whatever we did, we made that decision to do it to God's glory? Whether it's making peanut butter sandwiches for little children at home or in the church nursery, whether it's typing emails in the cubicle, right? Cleaning toilets, 
what if we looked at it that it's all bringing glory to God? And what if we remembered God's word to us that says that he will give us an inheritance, that he rewards diligent labor? What if instead of looking at it to just this moment, because you know how it is, especially when we get miserable, we're looking at just this moment and we just want relief? I said to the Lord this morning, you know, I just want relief from this situation. I just want relief. And I believe at some point he'll bring it to me, but it might not be in my timing. And so in those times that we really want relief from that job, from that boss that we don't like, if we remember there's an inheritance for all those who trust Christ. You all, there is a greater, he's got so much good for all of us. And he's got good on this earth, but you all, there is all kinds of good awaiting for us as we are faithful and as we're diligent. And God promises to reward your diligent look. And then the Bible says that we should rest from work. Workaholic is not in the Bible. It does not please God when we put work in front of everything. It does not. Exodus 20 and verse 8 says, Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath, a day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do, do work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. And you all, one thing that we can say about the Lord he never asked us to do anything that he didn't do. Right. He worked for six days and then he rested. So if he rested, we need to rest. There's purpose in that. Psalm 127, verse 1 and 2. If I can find that here, perhaps not. Yes, unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat. For God gives rest to his loved ones. Rest is a gift from God. It is an essential part of work and life. And you all, this rest is even if you are a stay-at-home mom, a stay-at-home parent, this rest is, you know, even if you're in the ministry, even if you're an accountant, a busy doctor, we have got to rest. Yes, Amen. And it takes faith to rest. Because yes, I know, I'm thinking, well, I got this to do, I got this to do, I got this to do, and I can get all caught up in that, and you all, it's fruitless. Nothing good comes from it. And that's what that verse is saying. It's just futile. Unless the Lord is with us, our work is futile. So we have to invite him into this gift of work that he's given us and say, Father, by faith, I'm going to rest. I'm going to take a day away from the phone or I'm going to take a day away from the office. I'm going to take a day away from the church. I'm going to take a day away and I'm going to give my physical body, my mind and my heart the gift of rest. And probably the first time you do it, it'll be hard. It is for me. I have to make myself reprocess this all the time because the Bible says we renew our minds daily. So it's not like we do this stuff once and then it's never an issue again. We renew our minds daily. And as we rest and as we recognize that work is God's idea 
And when we submit to his plan, he rewards our work. He makes us fruitful. He makes us productive. So I encourage all of you who are here today and those of you who are watching, take a rest from your work and trust God. You can purchase a copy of today's show for $15. Call us at 615-754-0039 or send a check to the address on your screen. Be sure to mention the program number. Log on to www.ctntv.org where you can make a prayer request, view our program guide, see who's on bridges, or even watch one of Monica's latest teachings. Log on to www.ctntv.org. What do you do when your world is falling apart? How do you march when it would be easier to stay where you are and die? Join me every week on the March or Die podcast, and we'll discuss that and so much more.